Season 2, Episode 54, uh, 3, 54 slash 3, being the third of eight divisions that A.T. Roberts had put into the Sermon on the Mount to try to take it easy on his students and uh, his students that are teaching other students, um, make it more manageable, and I'm so glad he did because I have the time to really take a look at it closely in his great notes. And Anyway, he, he entitled uh, Part 3 of Episode 54, The Sermon on the Mount, uh, Christ's Ethical Teachings Superior to That of the Scribes in Six Ways. One murder, two adultery, three divorce, four oaths, five retaliation, and six, love one's neighbor. This is the only time I've ever entitled one of these myself that I can remember. Uh, I used to title the ones before I started A.T. Robertson's with season one. But anyway, the title I came up with uh, in studying his notes and the Word of God is Christ Presents the Spirit of the Law versus the Scribes and Pharisees' Letter of the Law Interpretation. We're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 48. That's the rest of Matthew chapter 5. The Sermon on the Mount continues in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And then uh, also in Luke chapter 6. A level place on a mountain not far from Capernaum. And uh, this is taking a lot longer to teach than it did for him to deliver it. He still hasn't had a, a, a night's sleep. Uh, again, he probably taught this in 40 minutes. But uh, he did go without sleep. He chose his 12. He, he had his disciples, and from those disciples, he chose 12 to be apostles. And then he came down from the mountain or I guess from the higher part of the mountain to this plateau and the people that he had left the day before that were being healed, uh, they come to him again and uh, he starts teaching them. And what he taught them was called the Sermon on the Mount. This is uh, part uh, seven, the Great Galilean Ministry. There's 14 parts. Uh, we're in episode uh 54, which is about halfway through part 7, and we're on sub-episode 3. Episode 54 is entitled, The Choice of the Twelve and the Sermon on the Mount. So we we took a look at the uh, choice of the twelve, and now we're in the Sermon on the Mount. Based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospels for Students of the Life of Christ, copyright 1922, and C.I. Schofield's Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909. All right, well, let's just jump right into it. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. I don't think we're going to look at any other verses. Uh, There are the Ten Commandments are referred to in in other uh, Old Testament teachings. Uh, But... Jesus is going to, it's just very amazing how he looks at 
things. And um, anyway, okay, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard that it was said of, of them of old time, i.e. in the Old Testament, thou shalt not kill. Uh, Ecclesiastes says there is a time to kill, so sorry, Jesus, if I'm misrepresenting you, but but uh, I think the Ten Commandments is talking about murder. There's never a time to murder. Even in war, if you have POWs and things like that, you don't take their lives when they've given up, etc. Anyway, um, verse 21. Ye have heard that it was said of them of old time, the prophets, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. There's always judgment with laws, because it's just not black and white. Sorry, that's why we have judges. That's why Israel had judges. That's why Jesus is the ultimate judge. Verse 22. Now, now that's just if you just want to take the letter of the law, thou shalt not kill, I think, murder. Verse 22. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause, so he does, you know, a little common sense here, without a cause, a little judgment, shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Rekha shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. I think that's uh, hyperbole. Um, but he's talking about the spirit of the law. You should put a stop to your anger long before you murder your brother without a cause. Shall be in danger of the judgment. And again, Christ is the judge. And whosoever shall say unto his brother Reka shall be in danger of the council, and whosoever shall say unto thou fool is in danger of hellfire. If you want to believe that that's uh, not hyperbole, that's your business. But I think it's poetic, and it's the spirit of the law. It continues on the topic of murder, uh, which is what A.T. Robertson calls it also. Verse 23, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, very Jewish ground here. We don't have altars that we bring gifts to, I don't think. A calf or a goat or whatever. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and rememberest that thy brother has ought against thee, if your brother's mad at you, you go to him and talk to him. You don't let it get to the crazy point. Leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. You know, that's the whole... Uh, communion thing. Take take uh, take a moment to let every man evaluate himself. And uh, as one of our pastors used to say, uh, keep short accounts with the Lord. Anyway, uh, you know, can be confessed up and then take take communion. I've I've let, I've not taken communion on occasion. Uh, usually because I was angry with my wife without a good reason, which it was. 100% of the time, I was angry with her. But then come and offer thy gift. So, Still talking about murder. 
Agree with thy adversary quickly, while thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Okay, now, Jesus is not only talking to Jews before his crucifixion, and Jewish believers after his crucifixion, he also has in view here the 144,000 of the tribulation. And the adversary here could very well be Satan and the Antichrist. Deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison, and worse. Verily I say unto you, Thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. So, anyway, we're going to move on to adultery. Verse 27, Jesus says, Ye have heard it said, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, the prophets, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, That whosoever looketh on a woman with lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in her heart, in his heart. Now, I think that's it's a two-way street here, personally. I think women have desires very similar to men. And that's my opinion on that matter. But um, adultery can be a two-way deal, but or one way on either side, what for that matter. Um, Verse 29, speaking of adultery, if thy right eye offend thee, more hyperbole, please, more hyperbole, if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is, it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Hyperbole, hyperbole, hyperbole. Don't cut your eye out and I don't think you're going to hell if you call somebody a fool. Without a cause. Sometimes people are pretty foolish. Anyway, verse 30. It's the letter of the law here. As opposed, no, it's the spirit of the law. Jesus is presenting the spirit of the law as opposed to the letter of the law. Verse 30. And he's kind of, by hyperbole, he's hyperbole, he's making his point. Verse 30. Matthew chapter 5, verse 30. And if thy right hand offend thee, more hyperbole, Cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. There are some cultures that think cutting body parts off is is God's work. Whatever. I don't know. I don't think Jesus saw it that way. I wonder if they quote Jesus here when they do that to people. Anyway, verse 31. Now we're moving on to divorce. It hath been said, this is like the teaching of the the Pharisees here. It has been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. Verse 32, but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, adultery, sex outside of marriage. And again, I think it's a two-way street here. Definitely our courts see it that way. Causeth her to commit adultery. If you put away a wife for something less than 
adult fornication, you are causing her to commit adultery. This is, this is what I think this is what it's talking about. Women have desires for their husbands like husbands have desires for their wives. And if you divorce your wife, then you're causing her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her, that is divorced, committed adultery. Why? Because you're still married. You, you didn't have a good reason to get divorced. Now, on the other hand, this, this is, you know, this, these are, he's trying to make a point here about the, the, the Pharisees and the, and, the, and the scribes. But anyway, this is not a, a complete teaching on the subject of divorce. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. Okay, you're putting away because what? Whatever stupid reason you have. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Now, it, you can find in, in, in Scripture that it says, once you remarry, you're not married anymore. And you're not to leave the second person you married and go back to the first so divorce is final. It is separation. Now, could you remarry? Yes, you can. I mean, legally you can. I think spiritually you can. But but you shouldn't leave your second wife to go back to your first because that's just not right, except for the reason of a fornication. I think abandonment is another one. I told you this is not the complete teaching on the subject of divorce. All right, let's see where we go next. Okay, now we're leaving divorce and we're going to oaths. I swear on a stack of Bibles. I swear on my mother's grave. I swear whatever. You know, when I was in the Army, I had to take an oath, and I probably, you know, was 19 when I took the cadet oath, and I just said whatever they said. I do solemnly swear. But normally they say solemnly swear or affirm. And when I had to... When I left my regular army commission, I had to rejoin the reserves. So really, the, the army had their, their hands on me for, for 12 years. And you go, why, why did you get out? You only had eight years to go. I didn't. I, had, I was only in the army for five and a half years that counted towards retirement. The four years at West Point didn't count. And then the two years, the two, whatever, nine, the three years I was after I was in the reserves, after I got out, I had a commitment to the reserves. They, an active duty commitment, you had a reserve commitment, and when that was up, I got out. One of my elders said, I don't see how you can be taken off, you know, two weeks a month or whatever, to a weekend a month, and do your job. And I, I really thought this guy, and I, to this day believe he was all that in a bag of chips. He died young. He died in 1990 at the age of 60, which sounds old to some people, but... I'm 67, so it doesn't sound old, old to me, but it was just, it's a great man. And I'm glad I didn't, I got out. I didn't have to go back in. Verse 34, But I say unto you, swear not at all. So I said I affirmed to my buddy that was the brigade adjutant that swore me back into the reserves. I, I got out and I got right back in. Uh, neither by heaven... For it is God's throne. So don't swear at all, neither by heaven nor by God's throne or anything else. Stack of Bibles. 
nor by the earth, for it is God's footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Jerusalem is called the city of David. Now, it's also, I think, uh, New Jerusalem will be the city of, of Jesus in heaven. But, um, for it is the city of the great king. Verse 36, Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. Verse 37, speaking of oaths. And I love this. This is, this is the way we should live our lives. Verse 37, But let your communication be yea, yea, and nay, nay. Your yes means yes, and your no means no. And whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. I swear on a stack of butt. When people start doing that kind of stuff, you know, you, they're probably lying. Verse 38. Uh, retaliation. we got two more things to look at. Retaliation and love your, your enemy. Verse 38. Ye have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's the ultimate retaliation. And it first appears in Exodus 21 when a woman is with child and the child is lost and there was wickedness involved. Uh, it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But that's the letter of the law. And I'm going, yeah! Unborn babies are important. Okay, well let's see what, what God says about this. Verse 38, Jesus says about it. You have heard it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I don't think God is really into it. Let, let vengeance be mine, saith the Lord. And, and I think he does avenge the 144,000. And I'm sorry, there's a, there's, there's a judgment of the nations, which believers live on in the millennium, and unbelievers are thrown in the lake of fire. And uh, a thousand years later is the great white throne, which is eternal separation from God forever in a place called hell. And you go, oh, well, I can't believe in a loving God, you know, a God that would do that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That was good enough for me. If you don't think that's a God, if you don't think a God of John 3.16 is a God of love, that's your business. All right, let's see what he says about retaliation. Verse 39, But I say unto you, that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. This is, this is amazing for Jews of... Uh, the apostolic age following the crucifixion when Nero's in charge and Christians are being slaughtered and the first believers are Jews and then when Israel gets back during the 70th week of Daniel after the church is raptured out and I, I, I think it's safe to call it the Gentile church because I have not run into many too many Jewish people in the Gentile church but I say unto you that you resist not evil, whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Turn the other cheek. All right, um, verse 40. If any man will sue thee at law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Again, I think this is probably very good teaching for uh, Jewish Christians following the crucifixion of Christ. Because the only Christians that were the very were 
were Jews, at least in leadership roles. Um, again, the idea of uh, retaliation. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go twain. I think of the Roman guards, uh, probably the, 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 the people that are running the show during the tribulation. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not away. I mean, these people are really suffering during the tribulation. They got nothing. And they're, they're advised to give away what they have. Okay, verse 43. And love your enemies. Love, love of one's enemies is the way uh, A.T. Robertson wrote it. Verse 43. Ye have heard that it has been said that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. I guess was a pretty much a teaching of the scribes. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. During the tribulation, it won't be hard for Jewish believers to find people like this. That ye might be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth the rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them that love you, what reward have you? Do the, do the difficult. The difficult is going to stand out. How do, you, how do you handle hardship? How do you handle destruction of property? I'm thinking of hurricanes in particular. What reward is there? Do you not, even as the publicans, the same? For if you love them that love you, what is your reward? Do not the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans salute their brethren? Verse 48. But ye therefore, be ye therefore, this kind of sums up the whole chapter, the whole idea here, not the whole Sermon on the Mount, because we got chapter 6 and chapter 7 yet to go. Verse 48, the last verse of chapter 5 of Matthew. Be therefore perfect, complete, a full age, is what it means. The Greek word translated perfect means complete, a full age. Probably most of your Bibles don't even use the word perfect because it's kind of archaic. Complete, a full, act like a grown-up. Act like a mature believer, a child of the king. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Be like him, our heavenly Father. And pray to be like him. And work at it. And all those things like that. All right, next podcast, Lord willing, the Sermon on the Mount continued. Season 2, episode 54 slash four, the practice of real righteousness, unlike the ostentatious hypocrisy of the Pharisees, as in almsgiving where they sound trumpets and prayers where they give long prayers and fastings where they go around looking, you know, miserable. Anyway, we're gonna that will cover Matthew chapter six, verses one through eighteen, and I will say adios, which is to God. And I will say, vaya con Dios, go with God.